0: Miss me tonight. Are you
1: sorry we drifted apart? Does your memory recording? Oh, is this really the actual episode? Yeah. Oh, hi, everybody. Hello. Hello. Welcome and to Significant Lovers.
2: It's Kellen Mel. Mm hmm. I know, this started really abruptly. I know, I kind (laughs) of like it.
1: Um, I'm Mel. I'm Kel. And welcome to our show. It's a true love podcast. We're talking about couples and relationships, history and pop culture. Yep, yep, yep. And we're cousins. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like
2: that's always relevant to mention.
1: Yep, our moms are sisters. Yes. And we have the same grandparents.
2: It's true. So thank you guys for joining us today, and thank you, Mel, for joining me we're starting much later than usual it's
1: 9 p.m. yeah we had a few technical difficulties oh quite a lot of technical difficulties
2: (laughs) because first i forgot some hardware
1: Mm -hmm. then the
2: software wasn't working
1: yep it's a hardware software issue yes
2: both Mm -hmm. not what you want to happen but we're here we're still alive. Mm-hmm. I can, and like, who- not see you. <laughs> <laughs> we have these uh, acoustic things around our microphones, and mm-hmm. I can't really see Mel's eyes. Hi. If we both sit up really straight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. We need to be taller. <laughs> um, but who are we covering today, Kelly? Today, we are covering the lovely... The incomparable... <laughs> They always say that at award shows.
1: <laughs> they said that about someone really insignificant at the Golden Globes. <laughs> I hate to say it. I Wasn't know. it like the- incomparable? Wasn't it like some model? Actually, I had never heard of or whatever. It. Yeah. But anyway, to me, they
2: are incomparable: Zoe Deschanel and Ben Gibbard. Zoe Deschanel is an actress and musician,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and Ben Gibbard is also a musician, lead singer and guitarist of the band Death Cab for Cutie, and I am just so excited to be talking about them today. I can't believe I get to do this for my job. Just kidding. It's not my job.
1: Maybe someday. (laughs) Yeah, maybe someday. If you want to make it our jobs, if you have personal interest in doing that,
2: we have a Patreon with bonus episodes every other week. Mm-hmm. Half of our episodes are on Patreon, so you're really missing out if you're not on there.
1: I hate to say it, but you I are. Know. But if you can't afford it or you're <laughs> trying to save money, that's also fine, too. Yeah, I understand. I understand. I get it.
2: So, De Chanel and Ben Gibbard, they, to me, are the ultimate indie dream couple. Mm. And I first have to thank our listener, Hazel. She messaged us and suggested doing this couple. And she was like, I know Kel likes Death Cab for Cutie. And I think she knew that because we used to host Another Bite of Twilight, Mm -hmm. podcast about Twilight. And Death Cab for Cutie is on the New Moon soundtrack. And I think I said that I love Death Cab. So I'm guessing that's how she knows. But mm-hmm. it was crazy because I was really... I feel so weird that I can't see you right I now. <laughs> Is there a way we can, like, position it that I can see? Okay, All right. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, let me Is turn.
1: this better? <laughs> okay, yeah. I think that's better. Okay.
2: I was craving doing this couple. I was really mm. craving it. And that's, you know? that's what
1: makes a good episode.
2: I really wanted to, but I wasn't sure if anybody would care or would want to listen and Mm -hmm. then we got that message from Hazel and I was like okay I'm doing it I'm doing it yeah so I'm really following my heart here um I really love both Zoe Deschanel and Ben Gibbard so I'm excited
1: yeah I personally don't know anything about their intimate lives good and or what they're like as people at all you're about to find out and what three words would you use to describe them (gasps) I only came up with two so
2: far, so oh. I'm going I'm to have to come up with a third one on the wind. end, whim. yeah. Indie.
1: Okay. Have to, you have yeah. to. It
2: just is. Artsy. Okay. Emotional.
1: Emotional.
2: <laughs> Three words I would use to describe Zoe and Ben. Make sure it's still recording. Yep.
1: Do you, now when you say emotional, do you mean their story is emotional or they're emotional people?
2: I would say both. Oh, Mm -hmm. interesting. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Guess I'm just going to get into it. Also, I wanted to thank Charlie, my boyfriend, for meeting us halfway in Brooklyn. Thank you, Charlie. bring us the cord that we needed. Thank you, Charlie. (laughs) This one is for you. This is dedicated to you. So, okay. I wanted to first, to kick this off, I wanted to read a little bit of this article that I came across that I feel like just summed up zoe and ben so much like the reason why i like them why other people like them and i just thought this guy did it perfectly so i'm gonna read it if that's okay yeah um so it's called zoe de and ben gibbard where 500 days of summer come to life mm. if a shared love of indie rock couldn't make a relationship work what could by luke
1: winky <laughs> i love that last <laughs> name
2: okay Urban Outfitters froze over in 2009 when Ben Giverd and Zoë Deschanel announced that they had eloped after a year of dating.
1: They were married? Yeah, they I were married. I didn't know that. I thought they just dated. No,
2: they were married.
1: Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> the union was nauseatingly cute. Deschanel was fresh off her star-making performance as the bangsy, unattainable twee foil to Joseph Gordon-Levitt in 500 Days of Summer a film about joy division, the Smiths, and the inept emotional terrorism that affects men who frequent record shops to pick up women. Ben Gibbard, of course, is the principal songwriter of Death Cab for Cutie, a band that specializes in writing songs to appease the exact type of guy that Gordon Levitt's character embodied. Their real-life relationship felt like a fan service retcon. At the end of 500 Days of Summer, Deschanel firmly puts an end to her relationship with Gordon Levitt, for he is too clingy, too insecure, and too prone to spiraling moments of emo self-defeatism for her to see a future with him. In real life though, the sad boy got the girl, and dudes with unknown pleasure shirts across the world overrejoiced. I am a 29-year-old millennial male who grew up reading pitchfork, Stereogum, tiny mixtapes, and every other indie rock blog I could find, so you probably won't be surprised that I desperately wanted to meet a girl like Zoe Deschanel for much of my life, I had no awareness Of the hard work and compromise that is necessary to forge a healthy long-lasting partnership instead i believed that love only blooms after meeting a someone who shared a mutually intersecting venn diagram of taste two people establish a shared context of music movies tv shows and books and then they spend happily ever after together rehashing the discussions they used to have in the av club comment section gibbard and deschanel had it made their light would never go out the smiths reference how hard could marriage be if any if every (laughs) different how hard could marriage be if any every dinner table discussion centered around velvet underground b-sides so yes i feel like i also thought because i love 500 days of summer yeah it really 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 rocked my world back then i know
1: i haven't seen it in a while i should rewatch it yeah it's good
2: I love it. I feel I w- like
1: <laughs> I wish there were more movies like that. I, know. I
2: think it's one of my favorite movies and I feel like it's like not cool to say that. No, but I think I it's
1: love it. I think it's like well respected as a really good movie. Right. Okay. Isn't it critically acclaimed? I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But people turned on it, I think, being like, oh, Manic Fixie, Dream Girl. No, but that's a point, blah, blah. isn't it? Because it's from his
1: perspective. I know. It's supposed to be like that. I think it's actually really smart.
2: Yeah. And, oh, the best soundtrack. But I feel like I did come away from that movie not really learning anything <laughs> because I also was like, yeah, I want to meet a guy who wears a sweater vest yeah. and goes to record stores and listens to the Smiths and yeah. has vinyl. And I, yeah.
1: I pretty much still feel that way yeah so in the <laughs> movie I feel like you're supposed to walk away with like that they just were not compatible right? yeah like as people even though they had a lot in common yeah like they couldn't still he couldn't see that like they just weren't right for each other right? yeah
2: yeah I mean I think she knew it first and mm-hmm. he just had to accept that yeah it's a story about love with yeah him. it's
1: like about rejection yeah yeah
2: yeah oh yeah, that movie really affected me deeply as a teenager. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I also felt so perplexed and sad to hear that the marriage between Zoe and Ben didn't work out. Like, how could that be? It I must mean...
1: not have been that long of a marriage, right? Because that it wasn't wasn't that long ago, that movie. I mean, it was over 10 years ago probably, right? Yes,
2: it was... 500 days of summer was
1: 2009. Oh, okay. That was actually a while ago. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Same year as new moon. Feels like just yesterday. But I guess like, yeah, she's lived a lot of life then, since then. Because I'm guessing she was with the guy that she has a baby with for a while. And I feel like she's been with the property brother for a while. Yeah. So that's like a lot of multiple relationships, <laughs> yeah. you know, ago. Yeah,
2: It did all happen very fast. Oh, I would
1: say. Okay. Wow Kind of like 500 Days of Summer
2: Yeah, that's true I mean, one minute it seems like Summer and Tom are Mm -hmm. going great And then she's engaged Yeah And you feel blindsided Yeah, so I think a lot of people that were into, I don't know, indie rock and stuff Of that time period really liked this couple And also were just really sad that it didn't work out Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm gonna get into it now
1: all right.
2: Okay. So just a little backstory. Zoe Deschanel, she is an American actress, mm. singer, and songwriter. She's known for films like Elf, Almost Famous, 500 Days of Summer, and, of course, the TV show New Girl. Bridge to Terabithia. Yep. Mm. Yeah, some others. Um,
1: mm.
2: Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Yes Man. Oh, yeah. We watched that in your basement once. Really? Yeah. Did I fall asleep? Yeah, but I think I might have, too, because I don't remember it that well. I would like to rewatch it. Isn't that Jim Carrey? Oh, yes. Yeah. That feels like so long ago. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and she's in the folk rock band She and Him with M. Ward, which formed in 2006. And she's also a co-founder of the website Hello Giggles. Oh. Did you
0: know
2: that? No. I feel like I knew that and forgot, and then I was like, what? What's it about? Because I've been on Hello Giggles before. It's just one of those websites, like... Uh, I don't know Refinery Twenty Nine or something like they just have articles. She's the owner of that Co- co-founder. Co-founder. co-founder.
1: Yeah, what I think she balance? ended up selling. Her okay, half, but yeah, she's she's like really like <laughs> she's a lot of going on like <laughs> yeah she's really what do you call that ambitious she is she is how
2: you say she's a multi-passionate person mm-hmm. um, yeah so her name's Zoe Claire Dijonel she was born in Los Angeles on January seventeenth nineteen eighty so she's forty two today, to her father, Caleb Deschanel, a cinematographer, um. and her mother, Mary Jo Deschanel Weir, was her maiden name, an actress who was on Twin Peaks and some other things, but she wasn't, like, a huge actress. Yeah, but, but her parents,
1: like, were in the business. They
2: were in the business. And I, I listened to an interview with her with, um, Justin Long, is that his name? Yeah. With Justin Long, and... He said something like, oh, that's probably how you got started. And she was like, yeah, yeah, it was kind of. but." And he's like, did you use your mom's agent? And she said, like, no, she didn't have an agent. She just oh. kind of acted randomly. But wow. it does seem like she she got a role in a play kind of from, like, a friend of her mom's. Mm. So I don't know. It's like, I feel like
1: it opened the door, but not hugely. It's yeah. not the same way that someone, like... It's not the same as for, like, Maya Hawke or someone whose parents are, like, A-list celebrities. Yeah.
2: Like, they definitely, there were opportunities around, but I feel like she, they weren't able to just, like, put her in something, Yeah, exactly. She is named after Zoe Glass in J.D. Salinger's book, Franny and Zoe, so that's why there's, like, Hmm. the two O's. Oh, okay. And her family called her Zuzu as a nickname. Oh, that's really cute. And just from hearing that she's named after a character in a J.D. Salinger book, made me think like, okay, this is a literary, cultured, artsy type mm. of family. You know, like the dad's a cinematographer. Yeah. Like okay, that's that's what's going on here. Um, she has an older sister, Emily Deschanel, who's also an actress. Yeah, she's like in Bones. Yes. Right? Yeah. Bones. That's her main claim to fame. Um, Their family traveled a lot for her father's work, which was apparently difficult for Zoe, leaving friends and family and similar foods Mm -hmm. and home behind.
1: I feel like a lot of people we've talked about had that. I know. It's really interesting. Is that the key
2: to being famous? I know.
1: (laughs) We have an unstable home environment.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And she was always interested in singing and performing since she was a kid and wanted to be an actress since she was really young. When she was older, she attended Crossroads School for Arts and Sciences in Santa Monica, where her classmates were Jake Gyllenhaal and Kate Hudson. Wow. Crazy. That must
1: have been an expensive school.
2: Probably. And she sang in school and did musical theater. She attended Northwestern University for nine months, but then dropped out to pursue acting. That's literally, they all drop out. I know, they all (laughs) drop out. That's another, another key to success. I know. <laughs> um, she had some small acting roles in the late 90s, and then she got the role as Anita Miller, the rebellious sister who loves Simon and Garfunkel, in Cameron Crowe's Almost Famous in 2000. Mm. And then she went on to be in a lot of the projects that I already mentioned. In 2001, she formed a jazz cabaret act with Samantha Shelton called If All the Stars Were Pretty Babies, and they performed around L.A., and then in March 2007, she did two songs on the album Night Timing by Coconut Records, which is Jason, Jason Schwartzman, who she dated at the time. Oh, okay. Do you know Jason Schwartzman? Sounds really familiar. Yeah, he's he's an actor, and then he's also, he is, it's one of those things where he's like a band, but it's one mm-hmm. person. Yeah. You know? Um, He is Coconut Records. Do you know the song? It's like... I miss you. I'm going back home to the west. Yeah, oh,
1: yeah. Nee, nee. What's he, What is he acting?
2: So he's been in so many Wes Anderson movies. Okay. Um, like he's the main character in Rushmore. If you saw that, he's in Marie Antoinette. He plays Louis. He's in I I need um, to see Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. He has a mole right here.
0: Hmm. I feel
1: <laughs> like I definitely know him.
2: So she dated. What's his name? Jason? Jason Schwartzman. Oh,
1: He's part stop. of the whole Coppola family, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. I typed in um Jason Bateman, my <laughs> No, no, no. Oh, yes. I've definitely seen him yeah. and stuff.
2: So they dated from 2003 to 2005. And I feel like they were also yeah. really indie. Mm hmm really cool really cute i this was kind of making me in the background information making me want to cover them but i know that would be like too obscure probably (laughs) but maybe um, someday because she seemed really in love with him like i think this was one of her major loves of her life wow maybe she'll she'll get a biopic about all these relationships (laughs) (laughs) uh so her song on she and him volume one which i actually have listened to she and him Like throughout the years, so on she and him volume one, she has a song called "Sweet Darlin," which my friend Brittany put on a mix CD for me years ago. Wow! I Foreshadowing. Were, I always thought "Sweet Darlin" was a cover because it sounds so sixties ish. But apparently, she wrote that with sweet. <laughs> she wrote that with Sweet Darlin, her mm. Sweet Darlin, George <laughs> Schwartzman. Um, so I just feel like she loved him. Yeah. And Yeah, so she's been in the bands She and Him, and it was from She and Him that's how she met Ben Gibbard, because they had the same music manager,
1: I Mm, guess. That makes sense. Yes,
2: yes, yes. And also, before Ben, she supposedly dated the actor Matthew Davis from 2000 to 2001, Hunter Bergen, a bass guitarist from 2002 to 2003, Rune 5 bassist Mickey Madden... That's kind of like a legend. I don't know if that's Mm. true. Then Jason Schwartzman, as I mentioned, um, and okay, I know I shouldn't say this because this is about Jason, but she said about Jason one time, she said, opposites attract, but I don't know if they last. My boyfriend is a lot like me. We always agree on the same stuff we don't like. When a song comes on in the car and I go, I hate this song, he'll go, I hate it too.
1: I don't know. (laughs) That's cute, but that didn't last. I know. It didn't last. It didn't
2: last. (laughs) Anyway... On to Ben, who is Ben Gibbard. So he's released 10 albums in the band Death Cab for Cutie. He's the lead singer and the guitarist and the lyricist, and he's also part of the Postal Service, which you guys probably know the song, Such Great Heights. Sing it. Um. They will see us waving from such great heights oh, yeah, yeah. Calm down now. Yeah, and he has two solo albums, so there's a lot of lyrics mm-hmm. to look at. That's 13 albums. So, Ben was born in Bremerton, Washington. Mm. We've been there, Mal. Mm-hmm. We went that? to the actual
1: town? Yeah. What did we do we there? We met
2: there. With the rental car, remember? Oh yes, yeah. That's where Ben's from. Oh my God! Yeah. So he was born August eleventh, nineteen seventy-six. His father was in the navy, so they moved around a lot, (laughs) of course, (laughs) like Zoe. But then they returned to Washington. And, yeah, I wrote, geez, is the key to success moving a lot? Yeah. Um, he has a sister named Megan. I don't know anything about his mom, but he does have a mom, too. Yeah. And their family is Catholic. Um, he went to Olympic High School in Bremerton. Doesn't that just sound so sort of forks? Of I know. Twilight? He went to Olympic High School, graduated in 1994, which is when I was born. Mm-hmm. You were in a
1: band when I was born. Born. I was thinking that as soon (laughs) as you said that. (laughs)
2: Uh, And then he studied environmental chemistry at Western Washington University in Bellingham, which is where the rest of the Death Cab members were too, and that's like where Death Cab was founded. So in 1996, he was in the band Pinwheel, and he was very much a part of the grunge scene in Washington. And he made a demo cassette tape under the name Death Cab for Cutie called You Can Play These Songs with Chords. And um, if anyone's wondering, because you might be like, what the heck is this name? The name Death Cab for Cutie comes from a song called Death Cab for Cutie that was in the Beatles movie Magical Mystery Tour.
1: What does a song Death Cab for Cutie mean?
2: I don't know. <laughs> I know that's like a whole other level. Yeah. I don't know what
1: it means, but it's a
2: song in Magical Mystery Report. <laughs> and he's since then said that he wished he named it something more obvious.
1: Oh, yeah. interesting. <laughs> well, I feel like it has, it like, people know it has name recognition. Yeah. So.
2: Most fans just call them Death Cab for short. hmm So after that demo tape was released, it was well-received and he um, expanded it into a full band. Because that was, like, just him at first, but then it expanded to have the guitarist Chris Walla, bassist Nick Harmer, and drummer Nathan Good. Mm. Hello, if you guys are listening. Hello. <laughs> I doubt it. Um Were they groomsmen?
0: I'm not sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. You know, I think, spoiler, I think they, I know that they were for his second marriage. Oh,
1: interesting. Mm-hmm.
2: But I don't know about his marriage. So probably, probably. Why wouldn't they be? I don't know. So then the band, like the full band's first album was called Something About Airplanes, released in 1998. Then they had the album We Have the Facts and We're Voting Yes in 2000. Then the album, the photo album in 2001. And then Transatlanticism came out, which I think is their like most highly acclaimed album. It has like a raven on it with like red string yeah, around it. Yeah. yeah. And then in two thousand five came out plans, which has their most popular song "I Will Follow You Into the Dark," and "Soul Meets Body." I feel like that's kind of their second most famous song. Um, And they were like really well received in the whole like indie rock world. They weren't ever like that mainstream, but I feel like they're kind of considered like one of the major. Yeah, like most,
1: most people know who they are.
2: Yeah. Um. Before him and Zoe got together. Uh, he was also also in the postal service i mentioned their album give up was really successful almost like more successful than any of the death cab albums and like the song such great heights is huge but sadly it's not about her because it came out in 2003 mm. so i'm sorry I'm sorry to let people down that way <laughs> um then after plans came out was the album narrow stairs in 2008 and that's kind of their saddest album. <laughs> yeah. I should mention, if anyone doesn't know Death Cab for Cutie, their music is known for being really melancholy mm. and sad. And weepy sometimes. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> um, and Narrow Stairs, I think, was their saddest. And that was before before they met. Um, they have been nominated for eight Grammys, but they've never won. But that's okay. Because I think the Grammys are kind of
0: mm.
1: a sham anyway. I mean, it's just, like, so hard to pit all these different artists against each other I know.
2: there's like i don't even know how many artists there's there are, way like too many musicians
1: yeah. whereas like film it's harder to get a film made yeah there's not just like a million film. oh there yeah. are a lot but yeah.
2: i know it's hard to recognize everybody um so i would i just think that all songs before zoe are quite melancholy until they did date their album that came out after they were together codes and keys is kind of considered their first happy album mm. so it's, oh. it's cute um but a lot of Deathcap fans dislike codes and keys but i actually love it we'll get into it later there's not much information out there about who ben dated before but obviously he has dated people because the lyrics talk a lot about heartbreak and yeah. romance and stuff Some people in the scene back in the day online swear that he had a thing with the singer, Jenny Lewis.
1: Oh, yeah. But
2: he said they were just friends. But I found an article from the Seattle Times that said he dated a woman named Joan Hiller. She was in the music industry. She was in, like, music PR. Mm. And interestingly, years later, so this was 2004, much, much, much later, in 2015, Joan Hiller ended up marrying another member of death cab
1: oh interesting who isn't
2: in the band yet at this time yeah His name is dave depper he huh. joined the band later but isn't that crazy So she must
1: have stuck around yeah she's yeah around.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but i just gotta say that i in all the things that i've read about ben Gibbard, they've all been so nice mm. like everyone just has seemingly great things to say about him that He's really humble and sweet, and... I remember one time, years ago, I read somebody on Reddit... I mean, obviously you don't know who these people are, if you can trust them, but someone said that he just, like, showed up to a running group in Seattle. Oh, wow. that he was just totally cool and nice, and... Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, and he's done, like, a lot for charity and for gay
1: rights, and, like,
2: overall, he seems like a great guy.
1: Maybe he'll be one of the only guys to win in the custody <laughs> battle this week. Maybe,
2: maybe, maybe. I do have one, like, kind of naughty thing about him later, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get to that later. Okay, so Zoe and Ben, they met in 2008. Mm. What time. 2008. Amazing year. How great 2008. Although, I don't want the fashion to come back.
1: No. <laughs> Me neither. As much as I love
2: 2008, I really don't want the camis.
1: No, not the camis. To come back. Or the low-rise jeans with the jeans that you have to stick into your Uggs. Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. I know. And the thing is, like, the camis, it's so silly because, like, your pants would be so low Mm -hmm. that you would need to pull your cami down. I know. To cover your butt. Yeah. And you've got holes in the cami. And
1: And I would... (laughs) This is, like, relating to our conversation in the Ashton and Milo one, but, like... (laughs) I would just rewear the same gammies for like days oh, at a time, know, and I then know. just add a new one. It's so-
2: <laughs> <laughs> what a time! It really was a time. Yeah. It, it's coming back though. I swear, it's coming
1: back. I'm I know. scared.
2: And the ballet flats, which smelled so bad. Oh,
1: I know. <laughs> it was a gross time.
2: <laughs> it was a great time, but it was a gross time. Yeah. Um, and this is the time that they met. They met from their shared music manager, as I mentioned. And I was just wondering how. I don't know how. Like, was it at a party? Did the manager set them up? Like, yeah. Or was it a gathering and they just started talking? I was really getting carried away, daydreaming. I was mm. imagining, like, did he ask for her
1: number? Or... I know. Yeah. Like how? Like what? What? Tri- I mean, were they just friends? Like at that point?
2: I don't. I don't think it was like a friend thing because I think. I read that he asked her on a date, and then mm. they had a second date. Oh, it's cute. I guess their second... I don't know what their first date was, but their second date was dressing up and going to the Ohio State
1: Fair. Oh, that is so cute. But how
2: what were they doing in Ohio?
1: I know, yeah. Wait, <laughs> how old are they? They... <laughs> At this point. Why'd you, cut, why'd you catch
2: me? <laughs> and a of... Okay, so in 2010 okay they were she was probably i think she was around 28 okay and he was around 32. okay that makes sense yeah good ages mm-hmm. oh my god i'm 28.
1: yeah and i'm 32. i'm just kidding no she's not <laughs> <laughs> she's a liar okay go back to it's kind of crazy that this is like one of her earlier relationships and like 28 and 32 are obviously yeah. young <laughs> But it's so like scary. This is literally like <laughs> several relationships ago. I know, but I'm telling you, Jason Schwartzman was really mm-hmm.
2: a big love of her yeah. life. I think
1: you could have many loves of your I life. Know. That's like kind of beautiful. That like she's still finding love. Like I know, only a couple years ago. It is
2: beautiful. So
1: then they were dating. That's all I
2: can say about that. Um, it seemed like pretty quickly they were an item, an indie item. Mm. You could say. They performed the Everly Brothers song Dream together at the Democratic National Convention in Denver and they kept looking at each other very cute and quirky. Wanna see a second of Yeah, okay. yeah, I, I was gonna say. I don't know if it's gonna stop recording. In the night cute look it looks like a random open mic that could be in your town or i something. know very cute around this time ben was interviewed by spin and was asked about his quitting alcohol because he did quit alcohol mm. and the interviewer said did meeting zoe factor in and he said by the time we started dating i was a good four or five months into sobriety Quitting had been such a positive change in my life. Nothing was going to make me want to go back to that. But I want to qualify that. I'm not, like, walking around with a chip in my pocket. I don't have a sponsor. I don't go to AA. It's not like that.
0: Mm.
2: Okay, okay. (laughs) We get it. (laughs) So, I really don't... I mean, they're pretty low profile. And she wasn't that famous at this point yet. So, I don't have a ton of information. But in December 2008, they became engaged in november december 2008
1: Uh, oh so pretty soon after they had met right only a few months later
2: yeah wow it was pretty soon after and march 2009 death cab started a tour for narrow stairs which was march through may and they had june off and then they had more shows in july so i was just thinking about that during this time um and i'm not totally sure when they were doing the filming for it i'm guessing sometime during 2008 but july 17th 2009 that's when 500 days of summer was released
0: mm,
1: so i feel like after that she became a much she became a much bigger celebrity
2: yeah totally and then september 19th 2009 they got married in washington pitchfork wrote about it death cab for cutie frontman ben gibbard and actress Slashy and Hymn singer Zoe Deschanel, otherwise known as the cutest couple in all of Indiedom, were married near Seattle on Saturday. And apparently they were seen in the Capitol Hill neighborhood of Seattle after their wedding, and the blog Brooklyn Vegan, which was big back then, well I think they're still active, no offense, Brooklyn Vegan, um, claimed that that's where they were honeymooning, but I really doubt that. I
1: feel like they were just in Seattle yeah, why would they Still. honeymoon, like, right around where he's from? I know. <laughs> I think they probably hadn't left yet for the like, yeah. honeymoon if they did go on that's honeymoon. That's just the reporter making an assumption. <laughs>
2: yeah. Honeymoon in Seattle. Yeah. Like, that's where he's from. I know. <laughs> Can you imagine? Be like, I'm honeymooning in Boston. I know. That would be weird. I feel
1: like it's <laughs> almost like Seattle travel or, like, Seattle tourism. Like, he's, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, sponsored that.
2: Yeah, I don't think that's true. But I couldn't find any pictures or anything from their wedding. I mean, this was really before a lot of people were on social media, you know. Mm. Things were pretty low-key back then.
1: And I also feel like back then, the tabloids were so focused on just a few certain people. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I do think after 500 Days of Summer, she did become more of a star. And there are some candid pictures of her Mm -hmm. and... Ben walking around on the street and holding hands. And I'll put them on our Instagram, guys. Um, but, okay, so then spring 2010 it was reported that Death Cab would be re- be recording their next album in June, which we now know is Coats and Keys. So we can infer that a lot of lyrics are based on
0: his time mm. with Zoe.
2: Um, at this point Ben is now living with Zoe in L.A. But I believe the rest of the band was still living in Washington.
0: Oh. And
2: you can tell from past songs, like on the photo album, that he doesn't like LA.
1: Oh, so he's making that sacrifice mm-hmm. for her.
2: There's literally a song on there that says, "Like, why would you want to live here?" Oh gosh, it smells like an airport runway. Mm-hmm. Like he's really trashing on it. No offense to people who live in LA. I was, I was thinking, like, man, if you're a Death Cab fan and you live in LA, that would suck.
1: I know, I know, that been would be here sad. And not,
2: not liking it. <laughs> But yeah, he's definitely sacrificing to be there with Zoe. Um, and during this same time, she was said to be writing music for She and Him, Volume mm-hmm. 3. And I feel like a lot of people don't know this, and I didn't know it either, that she actually writes and composes all the music for She and Him.
1: Wow. I don't know how she has enough time to do all this. <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. She's like a workaholic. I know. But I feel like I, I... It's so
2: sexist, but I think I wrongly thought that like M. Ward which is, like, her partner yeah. in that, that he kind of made the music and she just sang.
1: Well, I would have that, know? too, because she's on, like, she was on a hit show for, like, seven years. Yeah. Like, she's in all these movies. Like, she's mm-hmm. so busy. I would think that, like, that's kind of her side project.
2: But no, it's it's totally not. Like, she is super into it and writes all the songs. They have done some covers, too. Mm-hmm. but. Um, and then during this point in my research, I realized that their music is
1: so different. Mm-hmm. Have you listened to She
2: and Him before? Yeah, isn't it
1: more, like soft like yeah. it's it's i feel like they're both like not like hard rock or anything no
2: but, but like they're both called indie they mm-hmm. both go under that category but i feel like death cat for is known for being really forlorn and sad mm. and hers is really cheery yeah and happy it's like it's so falling happy. in love music yeah yeah i was like wow their music is so opposite actually she was interviewed by American Songwriter in spring 2010 and they asked you recently got married to Ben Gibbard of Death Cab for Cutie what's it like living with another musician and she said "She said it's good because we both sort of understand that you need certain things to be creative he has an office he writes in that's separate which he drives to I usually write at home usually will be understanding of one another
0: mm. I just thought
2: that was interesting to picture their life i know i'm so creepy but (laughs) i actually like really shipped this couple so i was like trying to imagine their life together a lot october 2010 before the album that i keep referring to codes and keys was released ben said to spin i'm so proud of this album that at this point i don't care if people don't like it and the article said lyrically gibbard is also straying from narrow stairs more indicative of his new life in los angeles with his wife actress and she and him songstress so additional and ben said there's a level of self-loathing in narrow stairs that i'm a bit embarrassed about. i'm a bit embarrassed about now it was a really dark record i don't want to make that record again i didn't write those songs i didn't want to write those songs again everything i write is reflective of my own life and the lives of those people around me sound like i'm gonna cry (laughs) (laughs) they reflect the conversations you have in the rumblings of life around you but when somebody gets married people assume that they're going to be going to get a certain thing out of an album Uh, and it's interesting he seemed so proud of codes and keys at this point and kind of distancing from narrow stairs which mm -hmm. is the more depressing one but just zooming back to the present now he considers "Codes and
1: Keys" like one of their worst albums. Oh,
0: interesting. Now
2: "Stairs" is one of the best ones.
1: Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it's because that relationship didn't work out I too. Know. So he associates it with that.
2: Maybe it's sad. It's sad that you know he seemed so happy, and you can tell in the lyrics mm. he's really happy, like for once. And then he was like, that, "Oh, that album wasn't good." Oh,
1: I, I don't.
2: <laughs> I want to know what happened. <laughs> I know. This is also the first time Chris Walla came up with some of the compositions for the s- entire song, so just going to shout mm-hmm. him out. But Ben still wrote all the lyrics. Um, also in 2010, Ben and Zoe sang the Star-Spangled Banner and God Bless America at a Giants vs. Phillies game.
1: Oh. Kind of random. And not like from that area at all. <laughs> I
2: know. He, he did uh, Death Cab's, I don't know if it was Death Cab or just him, but performed at... A Mariners game. He's a big Mariners Mm, fan.
1: That makes more sense geographically. Yes, yes, yes.
2: Yeah, I don't know why they were at a Giants-Phillies game. Yeah. Random. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So November 3rd, 2010, Ben played a solo acoustics show in Seattle to benefit a homeless youth organization called Teen Feed. And near the end, him and Zoe sang a duet together. They sang, I'll Never Find Another You. Oh, Maybe I'll play a second of it. How
0: <laughs>
1: much Ah! <laughs> uh, you want to try this
0: song again? Yeah? yeah. Let's try it. <laughs> uh, this is a song by the uh, Seekers.
2: So yeah, the lyrics are like, I'll never find another you, and it makes me sad to watch it
0: now. I know. Mm.
1: I'm really, (laughs) I have no idea like how they're going to break up.
2: I know, right? They seem so cute and creative together. It's really sad. Okay, March 31st, 2011. Finally, Codes and Keys is released with many songs seemingly inspired by Zoe. And to NPR, he said, I feel that our music has always been really honest about the people we are now. As a songwriter, I'm not necessarily writing about myself or my life, but I would be remiss if I tried to continue writing in a solely melancholic voice, given the fact that I'm now a married man.
1: Mm. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm.
2: So, I'm going to look at some of the lyrics. If you guys are down. Mm. I guess it's up to me. So... (laughs) So, okay, the first song that is clearly about Zoe to me, I'm gonna play it a little bit. This is a song, Monday Morning. Mm -hmm. It's actually, I think, my favorite Death Cab song. Really? I love it. And it's funny because they're known for being really sad, Mm -hmm. but that song just really lifts me up and, I don't know, makes me feel hopeful and excited. Mm. Okay, but the lyrics are, that remind me of Zoe. It says, she may be young, but she only likes old things. Mm. In modern music, it ain't to her taste she loves the natural light captured in black and white she sees mirages of mountain ranges within the blink of her eye it changes back to the open plain oh no she can't explain and then later he says the night is gonna fall and the vultures will surround you and when you're looking in the mirror what you see is gonna astound you (laughs) But all these lines and grays refine; they are the maps of our design of what began on a Monday morning.
0: Hmm.
2: I don't know what happened on a Monday morning. I don't know if that's when they first met or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it's just—it's very cute. It's very happy, and I think it's definitely about her. Then there's the song "Unobstructed Views." It's—it uh, just seems very in love. The lyrics are. There's no eye in the sky, just our love, no unobstructed view, just no perfect truths, just our love, just our love. And there's no verse, no monument of words for our love, for they can't hold all I know about my love, about my love. Storm clouds break, pools remain, memories for earth's embrace, that umbrae up above, they become new love, new love. Mm. Sounds like they're in love. (laughs) Yes, it does. (laughs) Let me see. OK, this one this one really reminds me of Zoe. This is called Stay Young, Go Dancing.
1: Mm, I like that title.
0: Life is sweet in the valley of the beast, in the valley of the beast. And with her song in your heart, it can never bring you down. It can never bring you down.
1: like happy like her music yeah it does yeah. it
0: does kind of
2: um yeah and like the lyrics and with her song and your heart it can never bring you down she sings mm-hmm. and then later it says but when i heard her voice oh it led me to the end because when she sings i hear a symphony I'm renewed. Oh, how I feel like through autumn's advancing, we'll stay young, go dancing. It's so happy, mm. and it's so unusual for Death Cab. Like their past lyrics were things like, "Who's gonna watch you die?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I'll follow you through. I will follow you into the dark. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, they're they're still romantic, but they were much darker, more
1: morbid. Yeah. Yeah. Undertones. Yeah. yeah.
2: This is the new year, and I don't feel any different. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, cynical. Yeah. (laughs) And it just, it it warms my heart. And I really like that album, even though I think a lot of Death Cab fans don't like
0: that album Mm that much.
2: But I do, Ben, if you're listening, I do. Okay, back to the story. July 2011, Ben accompanied Zoe to the Winnie the Pooh premiere oh, in LA. Cute, very cute, because she did music for the soundtrack, I guess. Aww, and guess who was there? Who? Boo Boo Stewart, who <laughs> 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 played Seth Clearwater in The Twilight. Was he in the movie? I don't know why he was there.
1: Oh, <laughs> he's everywhere. He's everywhere.
2: Around the same time, she spoke to iVillage about Ben. What? I would have
1: never guessed
2: <laughs> boo-boos to her. That's why I didn't make you guess. Um, she spoke to iVillage about Ben's music and said, I'm a pretty busy person, so it, I'm guessing his career, mm-hmm. it allows us to get our work done. And when we see each other again, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. And then she said, probably the most surprising thing about married life is that it's not really that different. You still have to make a commitment and think about that commitment every day. It's not like you get married and then all the work is done for you. You get married and you're still in a relationship and you're still doing your best to make it the best relationship you can. But it's not work in a bad way. It's just that you can't expect to make no effort. You still have to make the effort and be kind and understanding. It just sort of solidifies your commitment. Yeah,
1: that makes sense. Mm
2: -hmm,
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you can't go into marriage and be like, all right, it's over now. I don't want to try anymore. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So September 2011, this is when Zoe's brand new show, New Girl, Mm. premieres on Fox. It's huge, and all of a sudden, there's tons of articles about her. Like, before this, there weren't really that many, and then all of a sudden, there were tons.
1: Um, Is she a producer on that show as well? I don't know. I feel like that show was just... Like, suddenly she became almost like Mindy Kaling level Mm in terms of name recognition. Like, she became... Yeah. And and that show to this day is, like, still... People are still getting obsessed with it now.
2: Yeah, it's true. Like,
1: I know so many people who just, like, rewatch it over and over and over again.
2: I know. There was a New York Magazine article that covered an event for New Girl. It was an early screening of it in LA. And this is what it said. It said, Elsewhere on the premises, Deschanel's husband, Ben Gibbard, the lead singer of the band Death Cat for Cutie, is tending to her mother, actress Mary Jo Deschanel, a wisp of a woman with red Harry Potter glasses. Then there's John Mayer.
1: <laughs> well, wow. He's in every episode. <laughs> he, has to, he has to be.
2: <laughs> He's in everything. Also.
1: Was he in the last one? Yeah, I think he was.
2: <laughs> <laughs> then there's John Mayer, who is apparently friends with Meriwether the showrunner, like, the creator of New Girl, mm-hmm. who towers over everyone in a cream-colored rancher's hat. I will say, though, Ben Gibbard is 6'2". Oh, so my God. I don't know if he towers over Ben Gibbard. But um, who towers over everyone in a cream-colored rancher's hat. I guess his hat probably added mm, height. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: photographers insist that Chanel take a photo with him, and she said, I felt weird because I've never met him in my life, she said afterward, but he seemed nice. The lights dim and the guests quiet, including Mayer, who is... (laughs) I feel like the writer of this article just got captivated by John Mayer. I know. (laughs) He had nothing to do with this. so (laughs)
1: funny. He's just a guest at this event. (laughs) Yeah. John Mayer walks in a room. He becomes the subject of conversation. (laughs) It's so it true. It happens with our podcast, too. John Mayer just inserts himself <laughs> into every story. He
2: didn't ask for it, though.
1: I know. We're yeah. just
2: all obsessed with him. We are. It's like,
1: guys, that's why it's like we got to be chill like towards <laughs> him, because it's like you love to hate him, so you really do love him.
2: The light's dim and the guest's quiet, including Mayer, who has just finished doling out some wisdom to the male cast <laughs> on how to handle the attention of female fans while staying faithful to the women in their lives. Signed hits. It's okay to sign tits. Moment moments later, he's an afterthought, off back behind a rubber tree, yep. doing some serious texting. All eyes shift back to Dishanel. Oh my
1: are you sending an angry email to someone?
2: <laughs> like that was so not relevant. To tell us that John Mary is texting like crazy behind a tree. That's
1: <laughs> <laughs> but that's they had so to tell me It's the article's not even about John Mary.
2: I just have to say, I saw John Mayer texting like crazy, (laughs) hiding behind a tree.
1: And of course, he'd be, like, giving people advice, too.
2: (laughs) At the event, she was asked, do you ever get mistaken for Katy Perry? Mm,
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a big thing. It's, like, her, Katy Perry, um, what's her name, married to... Sean Krasinski, Emily Blunt, Mm -hmm. and then obviously her sister, Zoe's sister.
2: There was also a girl on Skins who was thrown into that group, too, Mm, sometimes. She really looks like
1: them. When you see all their faces together, (laughs) it's actually hard to tell the difference. That's probably why she has bangs. It sets her apart. Yeah. Zoe said, I literally
2: met her twice six years ago. It's a strange relationship to have with somebody. i probably answer more questions about her than about my own family. That's so funny. Um, and the New Girl creator, Meriwether, joked that Zoe was the pinup of Williamsburg. And Meriwether said, when we were interviewing guy writers, we'd be talking about the show, and it's very professional. Then all of a sudden, their voices would get like really low, and they'd be like, I love Zoe Deschanel.
0: Mm-hmm. And I was
2: like, all right, it's better for both of us if you hold it back. Um, but it's true. A lot of men love, love Zooey Deschanel.
1: They do, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And honestly, I get it. I think that pisses some women off where they get, they're like, oh my god, why does everyone like this girl? Yeah. Her cupcakes and her ukulele and stuff. But I also feel captivated by Zoe Deschanel.
1: Yeah, she does seem just like <laughs> so... I don't know, like whimsical and yeah. but like soft and light and like not like. But she seems smart too. Yeah, yeah. I, I aspire to be like and her. She's beautiful.
2: <laughs> she's such yeah. a beautiful woman. I asked Charlie what he thought of Zoe and he said he also really liked her. Mm. Also said she was a dream girl. Yeah. Um, and about this whole thing, Ben said, I'd seen her movies and obviously I thought she was very beautiful and he said about meeting her, I was just awestruck that she was even talking to me. Every once in a while, there's a guy that tries to be charming and goofy. I'm just kind of like, I'm going to wait this out, and make sure it doesn't get inappropriate. The male fans are kind of like indie rockers, stylish, and fey. It's very rare that a big, muscly guy is like, I love you, Di- Zoe Deschanel, but who knows? Maybe the show will change that. Gibbard, who joined Twitter only after Deschanel, this is still the New mm. York magazine article, Gibbard, who joined Twitter only after Deschanel persuaded him to, they tweet back and forth, I heart Gibstack, I don't know what that means, says that Deschanel isn't using her tweets or hello giggles as some clever way to shield the real Zoe from view. On the contrary, he said, I really don't feel like there's a lot of mystery about Zoe, you know what I mean? I don't mean that in the sense that she's not a complex person, she is, but I feel like she has given the public and her fans a lot of who she is, and I think that's part of her appeal. Who she is in private is very similar to the person you see in public. Hmm. isn't it? Okay, so this is the the author of the article. said, As I'm leaving LA, I listened to Deschanel's mixtape. The first time I met her in New York, she was going off to DJ an event with Gibbard. All LPs, of course. <laughs> and I mentioned that I had a friend who had been feeling down and listening to Do You Realize by the Flaming Lips on repeat. It's a depressing song, and Zoe said, I've got it. Happiness songs are like my area. And I guess she gave a mixed CD to this writer, but the writer forgot about it. I can't believe that. And then three months later, decided to finally listen to it. And all the songs... So this is a mixed CD that Zoe Deschanel made. All the songs on it were from between 1962 and 1979. And the the writer said... I probably should write written who wrote this article. <laughs> said only five artists i recognize ben said i was immediately taken when we first met that she had just this like immense knowledge of really obscure music i hate to say it but it's the kind of obsession that mostly dudes have
0: hmm, like, kinda oh
2: but emmett he said i hate to say oh, it. oh yeah oh <laughs> but I emmett road second record nerdy lonely guys know about this stuff she she's turned me on to a lot of music i hadn't heard I just got to say, this reminds me so much of my friend Brittany. Oh, mm. my God. we am mentioning again. Brittany is like that. Like, she just knows so much old music and, like, obscure music. And she has made me mix CDs. Mm. I even play those CDs several times. And they're always so cool. And, yeah, She and Him song was on there once. And um, Ben said also about her music taste. She's really into late-era Beach Boys. For all I knew, the Beach Boys stopped making records after Pet Sounds. I'm a musician. I should know better than that. She was like, you've never heard Sunflower? And she was, like, <laughs> mad about it. So it's just, it's so, like,
1: 500 Days of Summer, Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, this writer here, too, is, like... Yeah. Yeah. So surprised. Like, oh, you're into this music? Yeah, You yeah, like yeah. the Smiths? Yeah. I love the Smiths. I know. And then falling in love with her right away because of that.
2: Mm-hmm. Have this the they put the whole track listing in in here that she made it yeah it's it's all old it's like the only artists I really know there's like the turtles etta James Beach Boys but yeah she she really knows a lot about music
1: mm. I do find that like I know he said I hate to say it but that's like yeah. really condescending I know uh, to be like so impressed with her because of that like I know it's really it's yeah. really cool but like yeah. It's just because she's a woman who's into I know the same music that he's into.
2: I know. It's definitely a thing. But I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because it was 2011, and I yeah. still feel like, I don't know, it's a different time. But when the journalist asked her if her and Ben bonded over music the first time they met, she said, I'm wary about this thing about being in the generation of social networking where people are like, I am my musical taste i'm i am not just a collection of music or a collection of movies i think that's the thing people romanticize oh my god she likes the same band so she's a dream i've definitely learned that you can easily get stars in your eyes i'll meet directors and they'll be like i love godard and they love screwball comedies and they love all these things i love and then it's like wait a minute that doesn't mean they can make movies just because somebody likes something that doesn't mean anything really
1: that makes a lot of sense though like just because they have the same interest doesn't mean they're going to be compatible personality wise like yeah like on a personal level like do they is he a good listener is like are i don't know do they like to go out do they both like to stay in like it's like definitely more than just yeah music they listen to
2: that's true i know i felt like i've i don't know I don't want to get into it. (laughs) But shortly after this whole article, this is September 2011. In November 2011, it was announced that it was a sad day in Indy. Because only two months after the new, new girl premiere... Oh, after the premiere. And only two after two years of marriage... It was reported that Ben and Zoe were divorcing.
1: Wow. It's kind of interesting. It's like right as her career is like reaching a new level. I know. I know.
2: Zoe officially filed for divorce on December 27th, 2011, citing... I can never say this word. Irreconcilable. Irreconcilable.
1: Irreconcilable. Wait. I know that's not right. Irreconcilable. I know how to... It's I-R-R-E-C-O. Irreconcilable.
2: Irreconcilable. Irreconcilable, oh, yeah, irreconcilable yeah irreconcilable that's right reconcilable differences what the fuck does that even mean um <laughs> i know <laughs> they should update it after only two years of marriage zoe was 31 ben 35 a source told us weekly it was amicable with no third party involved
1: hmm. which is kind of weird to me like why even say that I know, exactly. It kind of makes it seem like (laughs) that's what you would say if there was a third party involved. (laughs) I know. A lot of publications, I saw several
2: that said they were actually sad about this. And Mm. I think around the same time, I think Kim Kardashian had gone through a divorce or something. So a lot of people were comparing it and being like, I actually care about this one. Oh, yeah. But I feel the same, to be honest. What happened, though? Mm -hmm. What happened? i couldn't find a straightforward explanation although of course we're gonna have song lyrics later to look at i think this could be totally made up because this is on the Dumois subreddit and i don't know i feel like people just say stuff on there yeah we don't know
1: (laughs) i don't know like the fact checking that they do
0: yeah
2: no, especially this, because this is just people commenting, Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> but there was a post on there that said, what's the best celebrity gossip that someone has told you and sworn is true? I don't mean a blind that you read somewhere. By blind, I mean blind item. Mm. Anonymous gossip. I don't mean a blind you read somewhere on the internet, but someone, something that someone has told you that they heard from a friend of a friend of a friend who went to school with a celebrity, slash dated their brother, slash did a yoga class with their ex-wife and completely insists is true. The weirder or mer- more random, the better. Ooh. And someone commented, and again, this is probably totally mm-hmm. bullshit, but I'm just gonna tell you: someone commented that Zoe cheated on Ben, <gasps> and Joseph Gordon, Levitt. No. I know,
1: right? That sounds like fanfic. I know, right. I know.
2: I also saw this on the website, Lipstick Alley. But I do think it's way too, it's so convenient. It's It's also years
1: uh, after 500 Days of Summer. Maybe if it was like during their, like them shooting that movie. I
2: know, I know. I don't think so. Um, It could be
1: like one of them wanted kids and like one of them didn't want kids or something. Oh, do they both have kids? No. She actually did say on the record
2: that she didn't want to have kids, but she does have kids too. Oh, okay. Interesting
1: that's a huge thing especially for people at that age like one mm-hmm. reason why they break up and why it would be amicable because it's just like they don't want the same thing
2: yeah so yeah i don't think that's true but i will say that joseph gordon George, <laughs> <laughs> joseph gordon levitt's later wife does have dark hair bangs. oh that's <laughs> telling but i don't I, I really don't think so they were friends and they had been friends for years and they did record a, a video together um, what are you doing on New Year's Eve? They, mm. like, they sang, and she played ukulele, and he did look really smitten in the whole video.
1: Oh. But she just acted pretty normal. Yeah. I don't know. I can't picture it, to be honest with you. <laughs> Even though they... I know. ...have good chemistry. I,
2: I doubt it. I feel like that's too easy to be like, oh, her co-star...
1: Yeah. The,
2: ...the love interest in 500 Days of Summer. Yeah. Anyway... In the divorce documents it was revealed that Zoe had one million five hundred seventy eight dollars no one million five hundred seventy eight thousand dollars in the bank, an additional one million six hundred forty five thousand dollars in stocks and bonds. Wow. And that she made an average of ninety five thousand a month and spent around twenty two thousand five hundred a month. Wow. And she donated a thousand five hundred each month to charity. Oh,
1: wow, that's really nice. That is
2: nice, crazy though. Sorry, Zoe, invasion of privacy, but that was interesting. Um,
1: ninety five thousand a month that is so, I can't imagine that. I know.
2: Can you, uh, oh
1: no. my gosh, manifesting
2: ninety five? <laughs> I can't even imagine. Oh,
1: how many Patreon subscribers would you <laughs> need to make that much? <laughs> I don't even know. Uh. So,
2: not long after Ben, she started dating the screenwriter Jamie Linden, who wrote Dear John. We've mentioned that before. Mm. And they actually dated for
1: two years. Wow. She's a real relationship girl. Yeah, she is. She is.
2: October 2012, Ben released a solo album called Former Lives. And Zoe's actually credited with some vocals on the album. Oh, wow. And he said that he made the album... It was a collection of songs that he'd written over many years that just didn't make it onto a Death Cab mm-hmm. album. Um, and he was interviewed around the time, like, promoting this solo album. And NPR talked to him and said, how are you holding up? He was Raz from NPR. How are you holding up? And Ben said, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I realize that answer sounds incredibly dire, maybe kind of serious, but, you know, I'm, you know, life is wonderful, and it's been really rewarding. Mm so he was also interviewed by consequence.net about former lives and they said you've said the material in former lives covers eight years three relationships two cities and drinking you also stated i think people would be surprised when these songs were written or who they were written for is that your way of telling naysayers that not everything on this album is about (sighs) your most recent relationship zoe deschanel he song he said, songs are very rarely what people think they're about. I've never written a ro- I've never given a roadmap for who my songs are about when they were written in the past. I'm certainly not going to start doing it now. I honestly don't see how going through an album and telling everybody what every song is specifically about is beneficial to the listener. I think it actually takes away from the experience because what makes a song resonate with somebody is not the fact that you know a song's about a particular thing. It's about how it resonates with your life and how you contextualize it. I honestly feel like I felt this way before. It doesn't do the listener any service to be given a roadmap for any songs.
1: I agree with that. I think mm-hmm. sometimes it, I mean, sometimes if it's a song that you don't really like at first, you <laughs> can amplify it when you're like, oh, that's pretty cool that it's about that person. Yeah. But if it's a song you really love and then you find out it's specifically about something else, it can sometimes take it away from your situation if it differs from yeah. What you went through or whatever.
2: I agree. And Ben, I feel bad because I'm going to look at your yeah. <laughs> lyrics and analyze how they're about Zoe. But I will say that, like, even though I do kind of think, oh, I, I feel like this is about Zoe, I can still listen to them and not think about that. Yeah, and yeah. They're very poetic and mm-hmm. relatable and stuff. This next part of the interview isn't about Zoe, but I thought it kind of related to our podcast a little bit. Ooh. Um They said, I was reading the lyrics of the album, and I was drawn to how poetic they were. When I was reading the lyrics to Bigger Than Love, I wasn't sure if this was an autobiographical song or not, and then I read you based it on love letters between F. Scott and Zelda Fitzgerald, which was rather interesting, and Ben said, in that song, that's an important detail in knowing and understanding the song. I don't know who could have tied it all together, who could have figured out what the song was about, given the geographical locations and a very deep knowledge of f scott fitzgerald's work probably not many i've been so fond of those letters that they wrote back and forth for a long time there were so many beautiful stories within them and i wanted to tie a little piece of them together to do a song and they said were they published in a novel somewhere or did you stumble, stumble upon them in a store and he said there's a book called dear scott dear zelda which is all their correspondence throughout their lives it's a pretty great read it's really romantic and tragic at the same time i'm very fond of it and i've been trying to figure out a way to pull from it for a while and i ended up writing that tune so i just think that sounds like he might like our podcast i know (laughs) maybe he's already listening i don't (laughs) know cool yeah i mean if he's into scott and zelda's romance i hope Hope Ben, you'll understand why we're so fascinated with your romance.
1: Yeah, exactly. <sighs> it's the same.
2: <laughs> I do want to do um, F Scott and Zelda someday. That's that's just a big one.
1: See, that's a, that's why it's like history. People don't think it's as invasive to like talk about c- and like dead. celebrity couples from. Yeah, exactly.
2: That's true. But yeah, I know. And interestingly, the cover of Former Lives that album. The artwork is by his ex-girlfriend, Joan Hiller. Oh, wow. From before Mm -hmm. Zoe? Before Zoe. Hmm. Um, I feel really creepy that I found all that out. So, a couple songs on this solo album I feel like could be about Zoe. There's a song, "Shepherd's Bush Lullaby, which talks about London. Hmm. I just think it's interesting because... It hasn't come out yet in this timeline but later she and him's album volume three there's also a song about london so hmm? shared memories i don't know and in the song he says i hope you can hear me in dreams be near me as you sleep an ocean away i know that i love you my every thought is of you oh the clouds are beginning to break oh just sad on the song oh whoa he says it's been a basement of a year (laughs) Ooh, <laughs> which sounds sad, but it's actually a really upbeat song. So well, sometimes a basement can be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, there's this song, a hard one to know. I don't know if this is about Zoe. It could be about somebody else, but or it could be about multiple people. I don't know. But it says, "You call a truce and then you start a fight. You change your signals like a traffic light because you're a hard, a hard one to know." Around your heart, you tied a fishing line, and you cast it out there just to see who bites, because you're a hard hard one to know. I toss and turn, but I just can't get to sleep. When I start thinking about what you do to me, you're like a flower garden buried in snow. You're a hard one to know. And I just thought it was interesting the line about you're like a flower garden buried in snow, because later on, she has a lyric she has a song where she calls herself a
1: snow queen oh interesting i know what do you think that means so what is it you're a flower garden buried in snow mm-hmm. like you're a beautiful person but there's something like blocking your beauty or whatever or...
2: yeah i feel like it's just kind of The same thing he's saying, like you're a hard one to know. Mm. Like, you put up a there's something covering you, yeah. Like, there's a front, (laughs) yeah. It's like there's something, there's something keeping you from showing your Mm. beautiful garden. (laughs) Hmm. I don't know, your vulnerability or something. But it seems like
1: you said before that people say that who Zoe Deschanel is publicly is also who she is privately. Yeah, he said that, yeah. I know, Mm? unless. She's not even showing her real self <laughs> Yeah, maybe. He's like, wait, what? Yeah. You've been doing your persona on me,
2: too? Yeah. No, I don't know. It could not be about her. Um, then there's this song, Broken Yoke in the Western Sky, which kind of sounds like a song that she would sing. It kind of has like a howdy, upbeat, Western sound to it. Um, he's I, Again, I don't know. This could be about her or it could not be, but he wrote i know it was a cowardly thing to do and that an explanation is not an excuse i just need you to understand that my love is like some kind of greed of equal portions want and need and i cannot divorce the two i could Mm, not divorce i know right that word Mm -hmm. i could not sleep at all with all the rumble strips close calls and in the gravel and scattered trash i faded into your past and when you think twice, you arrive at the same conclusion, and it's bad advice only if you use it.
0: Mm.
2: And then you disappeared from view, and you became someone new, somebody new. Near the exit's overpass, I faded into your past.
1: Which is sad. That is really sad. <laughs> I know. It's sad. Like, they got married. Like you They were married. Yeah, they I know. I think you're going to be together forever. <sighs> That's why we got to tell the
2: story so the world doesn't forget that she was married to Ben Giverd. Then in May 2013, she and him released the album Volume 3. As we know, the lyrics are all by Zoe. Um, Could they be about Ben? A lot of the songs sound like they're about heartbreak. Oh. It sounds like
1: it's a sadder vibe than what she's been doing. (laughs) Kind of, but they still have that upbeat sound.
2: Yeah. Here's like I'll show I'll show you. Here's one called "I've Got Your Number, Son." <laughs> Again, repeating myself. I don't know if it's about him, but there's lyrics like, I don't want to spend night after night with you while you figure it out. You're getting restless. I'm getting restless looking at you. I don't want to be your rock in hard times because I figured you out. You're not a man who can understand anyone but you. Would I sacrifice myself at the altar of someone else's love for me? No, that doesn't comfort me. You think you can creep in the shadows while you figure it out. I've listened to enough of your stuff to fill a book or two, and you can tell everyone that I've got your number, son. Hmm. If it's about him, I don't know, maybe not. Seems like she's just kind of fed up with him. Yeah. (laughs) And would I sacrifice myself at the altar of someone else's love for me?
1: It's like kind of like her character in 500 Days of Summer. Hmm like she yeah she's like annoyed by his affection.
2: Yeah. And it seems like she thinks she would have to sacrifice something mm-hmm. for his love.
1: Did they know? They
2: still living in LA. I wonder if like that was a big part of it. It definitely was. Yeah. It definitely was. And I'm going to get into that. She also has the song Never Wanted Your Love. Mm. And she says, "I'm not talking to you anymore." I'm not talking to you anymore. Um, making my bed so I can lie there forever. I don't know what I'm doing this for. All I know is I'm tired of being clever. Everybody's clever these days. Take a win, take a fall. I never wanted your love, but I needed it all. You're so close that I can't see. You keep trying to bother me, and mm. then you do it again. Say you're right, and I'll agree. I don't want to set you free, and then you do it again. Do what again? I mm say you're right and i'll agree i don't know yeah those are those are the lyrics i'll look mm-hmm. at for that album but then so now time's passed at this point now i'm at 2015 but this is when death cab for cutie's eighth studio album comes out kintsugi and it's clear from the lyrics that are a lot are inspired from his divorce to zoe but also halfway through recording this album the band member chris Walla was the guitarist he left the band so that might i don't know if it influenced lyrics but it possibly could have because i'm sure there was hard feelings Mm -hmm. so that's when that other guy came in the band dave depper and then he got with ben's ex okay wow what a small world (laughs) (laughs) um so for the album coming out soon he talked to vice and for some reason he was asked what the meaning of life is and Ben said, all you have in life is the relationships you have with other people. They're romantic, friendships, bands, they're frenemies. But I think throughout my entire life, there have been people who've been constant throughout all the weird fucking shit. I don't know how I'd get through these trying moments in my life without my family or bandmates or people who've been around this whole time. I can count on one hand the kind of people who were those people for me when I was living in Los Angeles. I had to leave and come back to realize I had no reason to leave in the first place. The reasons for leaving were too personal and complicated for here, but I have I had to leave and come back to think, I'm never leaving Seattle, this is where I belong. Mm. Even while I wouldn't trade my time in LA for anything and as painful as divorce is, I would do it again in all of those cliche answers. But it was only waking up in a Southern California landscape every day where I was where I realized where it's not my home. The only way you can realize where your home is is by leaving. I learned a lot in my ta- time there in LA. Like, it's one of those weird, shitty things where you go through some really dark, shitty times. Oh, I read that wrong. It's one of those weird things where you go through some really dark, shitty times. There is that realization, like, I never want to do that again, but I'm glad it happened. But only when you get some distance from it, bringing back to some of the stuff on the record, only after you take it out and apart and reassemble it, can you realize why it fell apart or didn't work. And you were an active participant in that, sometimes for reasons you weren't even aware of at the time.
1: Yeah, it really sounds like the location is a huge deal breaker in this. Yeah, and also just the t- context that she filed for divorce right after the premiere of her new hit show, which films in L.A. Yeah, I'm sure I don't know if like it had already been renewed for like a second season or something, yeah. but it's like she's not gonna, you know, up and move. No, and I feel like. The permanence of that location probably hit him, too.
2: I know. If I had to guess, I feel like maybe she wanted to go to all these parties and stuff. And, like, mm-hmm. yeah, now she's, like, a big celebrity. And yeah. She's from L.A. She likes L.A. And he doesn't want to be part of that world. And he kind of says stuff like that later mm-hmm. on, too. It doesn't seem like it was his decision, though. So I wonder if it just did come to him being, like, I don't want to do this or you know, maybe he wanted to go to Washington Mm, or maybe he just wanted to stay home. And it seems like they were both not happy. Yeah. (sighs) It's sad. He talked to the National Post about it and just a lot about... I feel like I don't have to read the whole thing, but asking, like, it's been made that the lyrics to this album are about Ben's ex-wife. You were quite shy about talking about the relationship when it was happening. How do you feel about writing songs about it now? And he basically talks about how, like, he didn't want to... Mm talk about zoe in the songs but jenny lewis actually encouraged him to and said fuck that you don't hold back you don't change how you go about your business um so yeah i think i think clearly in the lyrics they are about her but Mm. obviously he doesn't like yeah make it obvious so yeah there's some songs i want to look at one of them this this is really sad i think But it's a catchy song. No room in frame. The lyrics are, I don't know where to begin. There's too many things that I can't remember. As I disappeared like a trend in the hum of the five in the early morning. Um, And now I'm taking my time up through Koalinga, through the valley. This highway lived in my mind. It takes me back to the place that made me. So I think highway back to Washington. Mm, Was I in your way when the cameras turned to face you? no room in frame for two. That's kind of like the chorus. Was I in your way? Yeah. And then later on, he says something about the thing they once knew as love, raising their voices to convince one another. Was I in your way when the cameras turn to face you? No room in frame for two. How can I stay in the sun when the rain flows all through my veins? It's true. And I guess it's not a failure we could help and we'll both go on to be lonely with someone else.
1: Oh, that's quite sad. I know. you really not optimistic. I
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, there were actually articles from this time saying, like, it's, is it wrong that we want Ben Gibbard to be depressed? I know, <laughs> yeah. Because he does write beautiful, sad lyrics. Mm-hmm. And I think the fan base really preferred these, like, Type of sad lyrics. Yeah. He is so good at it.
1: Is there some no Roman frame for two? Yeah, it definitely seems like her growing stardom. Yeah. Huge conflict.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm. Then there's the song Black Sun, and he does say something like, There's a desert veiled in pavement. I don't know if that's supposed to be LA or just like mm. Los Angeles or California. And then he says, And there's a city of seven hills. Which I know, Seattle is a city of seven yeah. hills, Ooh. and all our debris flows to the ocean to meet again. I hope it will.
1: Oh, that's really sad. <laughs> <I> no. <know. laughs>
2: How could something? He sings it really slow. Mm-hmm. So fair, be so cruel when this black sun revolved around you. Oh, very twilighty. I know this mm-hmm. song really could have been <laughs> in the saga. Yeah, and then he says. There is a role of a lifetime, new girl, mm, yes. and there's a song yet to be sung, and there's a dumpster in the driveway of all the plans that came undone.
1: Oh, that's sad. They probably have get rid of a lot of their stuff. I know. It kills me. Yeah, we were just talking before this episode about how like people who go through a breakup where they then have to like move. That's yeah. Like, that's a whole added level of like heartache there. <laughs> All the plans in the dumpster. Their life together in the I know. dumpster. Oh my God. I feel like that imagery would be like kind of traumatic. I know. You think you're gonna spend the rest of your life with someone, and I know. then you getting a U-Haul and like yeah, throwing things away and it's like literally putting it in the trash. That's so sad.
2: <laughs> then there's the song Beverly Drive, which I think is definitely about California too, mm. and. He sings, Oh, I need not be flattered that you've never been here before. So there's no need to mention that you've known firsts before. Mm. I don't know if that's about her, but it just sounds like someone like, Oh, that you've done it all or something. I don't know. But let, if you let me be your skyline, I'll let you be the wave that reduces me to rubble, but looked safe from far away. And then, I don't know why, I don't know why. I don't know why I returned to the scenes of these crimes where the hedge grows slowly wind through the ghosts of Beverly Drive. I don't know why, I don't know why, I don't know what I expect to find, where all the news is secondhand and everything just goes on as planned. Mm. And then, I don't know if it's about Zoe, it could be just like about society or whatever, but he says, you want to teach but not be taught, and I want to sell but not be bought, so let us not be lonesome, let us not be lonesome, lost in between our needs and wants, our needs and wants.
1: Are you lonesome <laughs> tonight?
2: Oh, definitely. There definitely was some lonesomeness. Then there's the song Hold No Gun. He says, darling, though you may pretend, pretend that you are selfless. You break with the slightest bend. It leaves you lost and helpless. So to whom will you place the call in the coldest night of winter? Because numbers change and people fall and friends, they always splinter. Okay, this is the last one from the album and this one made me the most sad it's actually kind of a upbeat song but <laughs> i don't know i was getting so into this research yeah. i was like so immersed in it and i've just been listening to death cow like non-stop the past couple weeks and there was one time i was listening to this song and i was like feeling teary-eyed <gasps> then i listened to it earlier today and i yeah. didn't feel it quite as strong but yeah. i was really feeling it um so it's called El Dorado and he sings seems you finally found finally found el dorado which you know is like the city of gold or something yeah. it's like a mythical place seems you finally found finally found el dorado over in culver city oh shining bright naming lights and i tried to be kind for you oh i'm trying to be kind for you oh that's kind of like the main course It's kind of like a party that you never wanted to attend, but when an invitation finally arrives, you change your mind. And I tried to be kind for you. Oh, I'm trying to be kind for you. As you slip away behind the gates, behind the gates, seems you finally found, finally found El Dorado.
1: I wonder if he had an inferiority complex with her rising fame too. Not necessarily like he wanted to be that famous too, but he worried that if the whole world loved her, mm-hmm that he might lose her because she has so many options and opportunities yeah. and
2: I know and she did like a lot of people are in love with her mm-hmm. it's the part I don't know why I mean me really sad. the part I'm, I tried to be kind for you I'm trying to be kind for you I feel like that is such a realistic struggle yeah like, it's so hard it's mm-hmm. so hard to be happy for someone that
1: broke yeah. your heart you yeah
2: know? it's really hard
1: I don't think you necessarily have to be. Really, I don't think so. <laughs> if it's if it's like really that hard, because like I feel like sometimes there's like at least temporarily mm-hmm. a like a purpose to like being angry with somebody. Yeah, like I feel like it helps you move on, kind of. I feel like
2: in a lot of philosophical or spiritual things that I've read and listened to, they always talk about like a pure love being like you know, not spiteful or not jealous or, like, you would be happy for someone. You want someone to be happy even if you're not with them and, like, the purest love. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to benefit you. But I find it so hard, like, if someone someone has broken my heart, like, to actually be happy for them.
1: Yeah. Well, I also feel like if you really try to have this pure love for them, it almost makes it harder because then you'd be like... (laughs) this is not fair that I'm not with the person who I love so selflessly. Yeah. You know? I guess that's a very selfish, yeah. It's hard.
2: I don't know if, like, I don't know.
1: Is it possible as humans? On, on earth. Yeah. <laughs> it's good I in know. theory, but, like, I don't know. Like, it I don't seems know. like it goes against, like, a natural, um, like, possessive, uh. Yeah. Instinct that we have.
2: And, like, I feel like that's what he's saying. Like, he's trying to be mm-hmm. kind, but he... For her but he can't
1: i think it's okay to accept that you're not happy for something <laughs> <laughs> thanks mel i don't know i know i, it I mean it is yeah because it's being true to yourself i feel like trying to be happy for them is like that's like giving it to them it would feel very free though to
2: to not feel yeah. resentment anymore
1: yeah exactly but i don't think it's something someone can accomplish right away
2: <laughs> what if it's been years actually
1: at this point it has been years for him yeah. too
2: i don't know there's also the song ingenue which i feel like could be about her it's very much about someone that like has youth and beauty there's a line that's like the currency of being 23 i mean she was older than 23 mm. but like just how it won't last forever too I mean, yeah. maybe it's not about her it could be about like an old hollywood starlet yeah. or something i don't know but Years later, he reflected on this album, talking about codes and keys, and he said something about how he wasn't playing guitar and was physically altering his playing, and Ben said, yeah, I was physically altered. I wasn't writing almost any songs on guitar because I wasn't enjoying playing guitar. I was writing a lot on piano. I was writing a lot on the computer, and also I had these two cataclysmic shifts in my life of quitting drinking and falling in love Moving to Los Angeles and marrying an actress, it was an interesting chapter in my life that I'm glad I experienced, but for me, I realized that because of the company I was keeping in Los Angeles, I was becoming very closed off personally. I found myself not wanting to share as much of myself that I had historically shared on records, or at least the perception of which I'd shared on records because of who I was and the fear of people connecting the dots in a way that would expose myself and then my wife to a level of scrutiny that I felt uncomfortable with that was about that was about cozen keys the like happier Mm -hmm. zoe album and she really like never said much about her divorce with ben like i feel like she hasn't opened up as much in a way she she just said something about how she wasn't focusing on dating and she also did say back then that she kids and stuff wasn't a priority for her it was more Mm. her career um so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's because he is, like, kind of a smaller star that he was able to open up more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this is kind of random. hmm Doesn't really pertain to Zoe, but... So, I just... I feel like Ben seems, like, such a sweetie. Like, so... I don't know. Like, romantic? If romantic, yeah. yeah. That's not articulate. This is a podcast. <laughs> he just seems sweet and... I'm, I keep thinking the word delicate, but that doesn't sound right. Yeah. But, um, thoughtful. Thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah. He just seems. He just seems like a gentleman most of the time, mm-hmm. and really, yeah, gentle. But I saw a couple of videos of him that really intrigued me of him getting pissed during oh. performances um, when the sound wouldn't be good, like just literally the sound at the performance venue or his guitar wouldn't be tuned Ooh. right um which like is kind of the job of the roadies I guess and um there were literally a couple times when he threw his guitar across the stage Jeez. and there's one time where the sound like wasn't working it sounded bad I guess and he got so mad and he's like I'll do it I'll just fucking do it and then he like left the
1: stage Ooh, and that's not a good look yeah like, especially on stage in front I know of people. like you can't control your temper I know um is that the naughty thing you were gonna yeah. say? yeah <laughs> I was
2: shocked like he always I mean in videos and things he and his lyrics and everything he just seems so sweet and yeah everything I I know it's bad but it kind of thrilled me like I just kind of felt like Edward and yeah Twilight getting him, mad because yeah, yeah. I just never see him like that so it was really exciting but yeah i know it It does look like he has kind of a temper mm-hmm. i can kind of understand because like if there's thousands of people watching you and you go to start the show yeah, and it doesn't really sound good yeah yeah but he, he oh my gosh he like threw the guitar this happened several times yeah
1: is it in the immediate aftermath of his divorce or is it years later <laughs>
2: It's it's over a long period of time. Mm. Oh, okay. So it's a yeah. habit. It's, yeah. I don't know what is wrong with their sound, though. Mm. Like, what's wrong with them? <laughs> Are their roadies not good or something? I don't I don't get it. Or the sound guys just don't get it together for death Cab. I don't know why they would always have sound yeah. issues. Unless he's just really picky. Yeah,
1: unless it's know. like something that's like kind of normal in the industry, but he just throws a fit about mm-hmm. it. I don't know
2: he he did apologize for at least one show i saw about but yeah and then there's another time people were fighting too and he like stormed off the stage oh i don't know <laughs> so yeah that that was uh interesting yeah kind of i don't know if naughty is the right word but a little shocking
0: mm-hmm.
2: um yeah so as i said zoe dated screenwriter jamie linden after ben like mm-hmm. pretty soon after ben for two years and then she dated Jacob Petchnik, the film producer, and in twenty fifteen announced her engagement to him and they married in June twenty fifteen and she gave birth to their daughter, Elsie Otter. Oh, that's cute. July twenty fifteen. So one month later. So she was already like really pregnant when wow. they got married. Yeah. yeah. And then they had a son, Charlie Wolf. Oh, she has two kids. Two kids, yeah. But her and um jacob separated in 2019 and she started dating the property brother jonathan scott very shortly after that too
1: yeah she moves on pretty quickly she does she does Hmm. because now she's been with the property brother for like that's like three years now
2: yeah they met in 2019 are they married no they're not married yeah but Ben remarried too. He remarried in 2016, the photographer Rachel Demi, and this <laughs> Demi is yeah. D M Y, and they seem happy together. She she actually takes a lot of pictures of Death Cab, um, but also bands like Fleet Foxes and Saint Vincent. Mm-hmm. She's done some of Ben's album artwork, and she used to be a booking agent and a promoter and a tour manager, so she's like in the music business. Mm-hmm. And I listened to an interview with him, and he's talking about how. Um, his girlfriend at the time, but now wife. Like, she's used to touring and stuff. And I don't know. It seems like a good match. Like, she seems really excited to yeah. be involved in Death Cab. Like, she has mm. a book about Death Cab. It's just, like, pictures mm. of them. And what's interesting also is that she used to date... The guitarist Chris Walla, oh. who left the band.
1: Oh, yes. Why do these women all keep <laughs> coming back around? I know like, they're just fans of the band. Yeah, like, I just want to date anybody. Yeah, who's in this band, I
2: can't believe it. Like this is two instances of mm-hmm.
1: overlap, double dipping.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Overlab, overlap, overlap. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know. I do think it's hard. I think for serious artists like Ben
1: or Zoe. I feel like one person kind of needs to be the like front runner yeah yeah and the other one has to be supportive yeah yeah I mean
2: I think we see this a lot not not just with them Mm -hmm. like with really big actors and stuff and I do think you need to like compliment each other like Rachel Demi still is an artist but like she's a photographer so yeah you know yeah it doesn't really conflict
1: yeah I mean even with like artists are going on tour how Mm -hmm. do you balance that if someone has like a film shoot or yeah. you know a TV show that they're doing like, yeah
2: where I, she goes on tour with him mm. it just works. logistically doesn't yeah. make sense yeah yeah and then since since those like Zoe albums they've Death Cab's had two albums since then they had the album Thank You for Today which some lyrics could be about Zoe but I know it has been a while so I don't mm-hmm. know if that's a stretch but like there's one song called Summer Years. Oh, summer. Summer, mm-hmm. summer, summer. And he sings, as you're standing still in my mind, fading out, waving goodbye, I wonder where you are tonight if the one you're with was a compromise. Oh. Which sounds a little scandal, but, like, it couldn't be possible because it seems like her and Jacob Petchnik I know this is really gossipy, gossipy of me, but they, you know got married like a month before they had a kid like yeah. I don't know and she had previously said that she didn't really care about having kids I don't know I don't yeah. know yeah maybe not and then he has a song on the album I dreamt we spoke again mm. <clears throat> which I love this song and he says I dreamt we spoke again it had been so long it had been so long my mind filled in the blanks I dreamt we spoke again it had been so long your voice was like a ghost in my head mm. very sad it could be about anybody yeah but i like to imagine it's about zoe yeah i i think that death Cab is still doing great they've been a band for like more than 20 years and i think they're still doing awesome um zoe she and him has had new music since then but they've just been doing like a lot of covers nothing mm. really revealing anything yeah and, um yeah so ben's married to rachel demi zoe's dating a property brother and has two kids and that's life now and that's Ben Gibbard and Zoe now. Wow. Likelihood
1: <laughs> that they'll get back together?
2: I think pretty slim.
1: Yeah. <laughs> possible. It's not like completely out of the question.
2: But I mean, he's girl- married. Oh, oh wait, yeah.
1: That's We're going to say new girl. A new girl's over. Yeah. I don't know what she's like acting in recently. Is she still doing a lot of film projects? Too? I-, I don't think really. Let me look up her. MTV.
2: I didn't put it because I was like, you know what? It's not part of their relationship. Mm-hmm. But
1: she's been a bit quiet in recent years. I feel like she had so much success with New Girl, mm-hmm. but it's kind of hard to do something else equivalent yeah. to that.
2: She was in Trolls. Oh, in yeah. Trolls Two. <laughs> yeah. She was in. She was in something called Dreamin' Wild. I don't know what that is. Oh, upcoming. Harold and the Purple Crayon. Huh. Sounds like she's doing a lot of kids stuff. Yeah. But that kind of suits her. Yeah, I it think. does.
1: She has such a, like, playful energy. Yeah. I mean, in New Girl, I think, like, because I know her mostly from New Girl. So, yeah. Like, I think of her as a character in that, where she's an elementary school teacher. Yeah. She's arts and crafts. Mm
2: -hmm. yeah and she has said that she's not that different from jess Mm -hmm. i mean she said that their personalities aren't exactly the same but they do have a lot of shared interests like baking and Mm -hmm. things like that
1: yeah i don't know (laughs) yeah it
2: it seems like they kind of were inspired by zoe de chanel with that character
1: yeah i think that happens a lot yeah she's like a delicate little like flower (laughs) a delicate little flower but feisty too. Yeah,
2: she is. She is. I know. I feel like she isn't totally just like this complacent no. person,
1: you know? She has a lot of like strength in her femininity. Like, I she feel does. like that show kind of like changed suddenly. Yeah, We've talked about this in the Twilight podcast, but everyone was obsessed with like the strong fe- like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. female character and they were always like kind of masculine in nature. Mm-hmm. And then. I feel like with new girl, Jess's character people started to realize that like you can still be stereotypically feminine, yeah, and be like a strong lead. yeah, you
2: know i I like to think so. Well, that's basically it. and I made a playlist. it's gonna be on Spotify and Apple Music with all these songs. If you guys want to listen to it yeah, I will link it in the description
1: and what was I gonna say?
2: I don't know. How old is he now? He is definitely in his 40s. I think if she's 42, he's probably 46.
1: Have there been no known interactions since then?
2: Not that I know of. Wow. Yeah, he's 46. All my favorite musicians are guys in their 40s. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ben. He's He has a different look now. He's, he usually always had the longish yeah. sort of emo hair, but recently he's been wearing it kind of like combed back. Oh. It's a little different. I think he looks good. I think he's looking good now. I think his recent years have almost been better than ever. He's a big runner, I guess. Mm.
1: Yeah, that's so cute that he joined just a <laughs> running group randomly. It is. I love that. Yeah. And... I don't think I. Do I know who your next episode's on? No, I don't think so. I have no idea. <laughs> Wait, you tease it. Okay. And like, I want to try to go. I was going to
2: see if you're going to ask me, but and I, I didn't I tell you. Know, yeah. I know.
1: I feel like the episodes are just moving so quickly now. I know. Now. They are. They are. Yeah,
2: I was, I was kind of overwhelmed because we had the Jane Austen episode coming out, and I was really, really, really heavily researching this episode but at the same time i was editing the mila one and then the eminem yeah. one and yeah it's <laughs> balancing so many different episodes it was a whirlwind oh one of our listeners i feel bad i don't remember who now but one of our listeners suggested remember how i was trying to make wedlock wednesday happen yeah she suggested, "What if we did Whirlwind Wednesday?" I
1: love that because that's
2: kind of a romantic term. Yeah, Whirlwind we didn't Romance. Even think of that. I know. Whirlwind Wednesday. I need to figure out who said that. I feel bad. I, I didn't love write it. it down. That's genius. I know. It was a Whirlwind Wednesday today. Is it Wednesday? It is Wednesday. It, yeah. Wow. We're, we're recording on a Wednesday. Yeah. So next episode, guys, and Mel. Mel doesn't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Next episode is about two actors when they were young and they were engaged in the 90s. I know I've done one that sounds like that before, but I it's not like the I same. <laughs> but, um, is that all I should say? Should I say more? <laughs> Give me one more hint. <laughs> one of them is one of like my favorite actors. Like, I just thought
1: of <laughs> Timothy
0: Chalamet.
2: No, <laughs> a, he was a baby. <laughs> I would love to cover Timothy Chalamet, but I don't think he's been in any interesting relationships. I've said that before. Mm-hmm. Sadly. Hmm. Oh, you know what? One more hint. I don't want to keep this in the episode. I'm going to cut it because it's going to give it away. What? He dated the daughter of one of these people. Supposedly. Isn't her.
1: Oh, I know who you're talking about.
2: That's all I'll say, but... I know exactly who you're talking about. uh, Mm Oh, do you know the other person too? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, that kind of gives it away.
2: (laughs) Okay, I'm going to cut that out. But thank you guys so much for
1: listening. No, leave it in, actually. Why? Because I I almost feel like the hint was too hard without it. Okay, okay, okay. It's kind of interesting to get that perspective of, like, knowing the hint beforehand yeah to see how it comes across to the actual audience yeah because usually we know so it's like oh that sounds really <laughs> obvious but it's not yeah it sounded really
2: similar to Brad Pitt and Gwyneth that's Paltrow that's what I thought it was at first already do- I'm doing them again yeah. <laughs> I didn't do it justice the first time I gotta yeah. do it again <laughs> that would be fucking weird <laughs> don't let me do that Actually, wait, one more thing before we sign off. Mm-hmm. I just, I meant to in the beginning make a joke about how this is going to be really long and I was going to have to do it in many parts, but I didn't say it. Mm-hmm. Um, But Mel and I were talking about possibly doing some two-part episodes in the
1: future. Yeah, would you guys like that? Yeah, would you? Some of these episodes, I think, deserve to be two-parts. Yeah. Especially the really long. Like, let's say <laughs> I ever did Queen Elizabeth and <laughs> Prince yeah. Philip. That is... Like, what, like, 60 years?
2: I know. I wish I did that for Charles and Camilla.
1: I think originally I
2: wanted it to just be tied up in a bow in one mm-hmm. episode. And I don't think we'll yeah. do it too often. I think that's my
1: goal. Yeah. Yeah, to still have one episode for it, but if it just feels like it can't be condensed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like two would be the max, though. I don't think we would do, like, no three or four no. or <laughs> I mean, we do the Robston one in two episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: true. That's true.
1: Well, okay. Thank you guys so much
2: for listening. We love you. And
1: we'll get back together
0: next week. <laughs>